we don't need no stems here. We're just we're one take guys. One mic, one take. And when I say one take, I've got one of probably if not the premier trumpet player in the city, Mr. Rudy Ray. This guy's trumpet playing is just smooth. There's no other way to explain it. He plays like how he walks. He plays like how he talks. And he's a true gentleman, so you know he plays like how he acts. It's Rudy Ray. Give some love to the rum shop. Uh, what's going on, Rudy? What's up, man? I'm trying to be smooth like these rums you're serving on the table, <laughs> First of all, shout out to Johnny Walker. So Indeed. we... Uh, we just enjoyed a very, very classy cigar. Uh, it's yes. the uh, Parda Lorena. Uh, beautiful cigar. It had a great smoke to it. Um, I didn't know you were a cigar guy. Did you pick that up in Cuba? You know, I picked that up in Havana for sure. You know, mm. um, I've always wanted to learn more about, about cigars and smoking them. It's nice to actually know somebody who knows and loves them as passionately as you do. You make me have a great experience with it. So oh, thank man. you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Honestly, like you can have... A two dollar cigar mm-hmm. that tastes like a thousand dollar cigar. Mm-hmm. You can have an a like a thousand dollar cigar that tastes like a fifty cent cigar. Mm. It all depends on the company that you're smoking with. Interesting. I am yes. super selective about the people who I smoke cigars with. I think there's probably at this moment there's only four people on wow. this planet that I would share that cigar with. Wow. My dad. Yes. You, my brother, and. You know what, my girlfriend. She nice. actually she's picked earned. up a love for cigars. She's earned it. She's she's earned it. She has earned it. You That's know beautiful. what? So yeah, man. I think it's super like super relaxing. It is. And a good cigar is definitely like listening to a good musician. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't want it to end. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's just got so many ebbs and flows to it yes and that's much like the way that you play like every time that you that i hear you or that i see your story on instagram i just get blown away by like the different characteristics that you have and we were talking a little bit uh before we started the podcast uh we were talking about you know the presence of mind that you want people to be in when you're playing um also what you want to convey to people uh, mm-hmm. You know, the thoughts, feelings and emotions that you have as you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now you are going through uh, the practice of saying something that's beautiful. And by the way, people, especially females, get ready for the sexiest quotes. <laughs> this guy just will drop sexy quotes. I find myself getting into a sweat <laughs> at some of the things that Rudy Ray says. So the first thing that you mentioned was that you wanted to just say beautiful things. Yes. And uh where was that the last gig that you posted? Uh the story. Where was that? Uh on the Danforth. Oh man, oh, that yes. was like like you picked spots to just hit beautiful melodies. And I mentioned like one of the things that I, you know, I'm trying to practice and get into the habit of is the ability to pick my spot, but also in time relative Mm -hmm. to the music that's happening. You know, a lot of people, I mean, with myself, one of the things that I'm trying to, you know, get into the habit of is being present, Mm -hmm. being in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I play a line, then I think to myself, I could alter that line. I Mm -hmm. I could have done this. I could Mm -hmm. have done that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you wait and the moment's gone and it doesn't feel organic. But with that story that you posted, I could just see your presence of mind. I can see your mindfulness. I can see like you were ready to just say that that line that just yeah. made me just go, God damn. I played <laughs> that story back probably like twenty times. Oh wow. So like how like how is your thought process around that idea? Like what how did you come up with that idea yeah. of even just just making something beautiful? Right. Man, it's it's it started with my deciding to just be honest with myself and be as raw 
and radical with the tools I have. You know, as a black man, you are you're or many black men are bound to this concept of emancipation and freedom and understanding what it means to to search for um finding the strength in their own self like in their own self and maybe finding the building blocks for confidence and esteem and for me one of the tools is the pen the other or the one that i really really love or one the world has embraced about me is the horn and <laughs> trying to express yourself on a horn as a horn player you know it's it's a it's it's a visceral act it's not like the piano where you're playing few notes you are mm. really giving your whole body to it and so how you express that is essential and how you claim your freedom and how you claim yourself is it comes with being determined to be composed um and it's changed over the years and and maybe i'm still learning many parts of myself i think when i was younger i was more wild you know i was radical and i wanted to play a lot of notes and rush through things and you could see it even when i'm like i'm on stage you could see this like uh childish exuberant energy about me mm-hmm. and over time being coming being invited back on the stage has le- like has helped me first respect the liminal space that the the stage creates and has invited me to just breathe slower or just be more aware of my actions mm-hmm. and when you decide to be in control of yourself that way you find yourself expressing yourself in a certain resolution with a certain confirmation in in from inside you and whether that's whether that's um whether that's a, f- a fully formed phrase or just an intention when you play it sincerely it shows it connects with people and jazz is a radical field for you to express and find these notes and as really find yourself and so i think every song or every standard that i've been learning to play and every chance that i can get to solo and think through my own thoughts and you know find ways to rephrase things i i take the opportunity to do that and i've been learning from my mistakes in the way i think about what mistakes are miles davis said something or more herbie hancock said something about miles davis on how you know they were having a show one time and he played a chord and it sounded so wrong that he took his hands off and he was in shock just like oh man I-, i fucked up this thing and miles played a series of notes after that chord had happened and to herbie's impression or intuition then the next couple notes that miles played corrected the chord that he had just played mm. it had taken away this feeling that he had in himself that oh he's lost now he had done something wrong and that story 
resounds with me a lot in how it's important to be adaptable. Coming back to the thing I said when I when I meant like when I said you gotta write things or you gotta learn to say things that sound beautiful. You wanna take the moments in your life, however they are, and interpret that, like, however shameful or however guilty or however, whatever it is that you're feeling, you want to find a way to reframe it in a way that you can live with and believe that that's beautiful, even if it's incomplete. Melodies in jazz music really help you embrace all the diversity that can come from what you feel and what erupts inside yourself emotionally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Um, what are some jazz melodies that come to your mind that make you just like, just pause and like go back to your horn and rethink things and like work through things? So like mine, for example, like yeah. John Coltrane, mm -hmm. uh, Acknowledgement and Resolution. Mm -hmm. Like those two oh, songs are like, they can literally transform my whole being into somebody who's completely different from what I am in that moment. Mm. You know, like I can think of myself as like a hip hop guy or like mm -hmm. an Afro pop mm -hmm. guy mm -hmm. or a Latin guy mm -hmm. and I'm playing all these melodies and then I go back to that song and instantly like like my eyes change. Like mm -hmm. I go cross-eyed for a second mm -hmm. and I just go right back into like just Coltrane mode. I go yeah. back into like absorbing all things Coltrane. Yeah. I go back into absorbing all things jazz related. I go back into just wanting to figure out what he was trying to interpret yes and everything else just becomes null and void in a mm -hmm. lot of ways it, it, like my my whole existence in relation to my saxophone mm -hmm. becomes coltrane that's like, beautiful yeah what are what are the melodies for you that make you kind of just go back or that made you have this um epiphany that you've come to that you're trying out or that you're living in in this present moment of your of your existence and your career as a trumpet player hmm. you know i think that uh, funny enough, I, I I'm dealing with a lot of feelings that relate to how um, I'm accepting love in my life right now, especially female like attention. Ooh, ooh, so like ooh, songs ladies, like ladies' so. ears just perked up. They just perked up right now. Their ears. I'm sure. I'm sure. Whatever's holding their cup just perked up. And we're ready. We're ready. We're so ready. I suppose, I'm a part like, of. I'm, I'm, I'm a part of. I'm, I'm, songs I'm tuned that, in. that are that are themed around love have been mm. speaking to me that way so when we played beatrice yeah earlier you know the, the the melody around beatrice does this to me i don't know any girl named beatrice and if you're named beatrice it'd be nice to meet you <laughs> <laughs> come on come on we're we're forming a quintet so beatrice if you come out yeah this is going to be for you, you but know? also for all and the also, other ladies <laughs> who have a middle name Beatrice <laughs> they could have a last name they could just want to go by Beatrice for the gig for the quintet yeah, but alright that, that's huge yeah that's a heavy name that's a heavy tune too Beatrice yeah, yeah exactly yeah and I also think it's funny because you mentioned like you know the way that you res like reshape love and reshape like relationships mm -hmm. uh, nothing does that more than a musician mm -hmm. I mean comedians you know um what do you call those speakers? Motivational speakers. Yes. Um, podcast hosts. Mm -hmm. 
you know, they can all try that. They can all take the direct approach and like just hit you with like the emotion and hit you with like what they're trying to illustrate for you. Yeah. But I just think that there's something, and we spoke about this the last time we were hanging out, but I just feel like this more so than any other point in my life, that musicians just have a special, special way of getting inside of you and unlocking whatever it is that you're afraid to tell somebody else or that you're afraid to show anybody else. And then we become the puppet master. We Mm, are the ultimate mm, puppet master. mm, I mean... mm. You know, there are moments where I can feel people's energy. Like, I am the only person that exists in their world yeah. in that moment, yeah. in that space of time. Mm. And it is the ultimate drive for me as a musician. I mean, like, the pay comes, you know, all of that stuff comes. But, like, my main drive is to be the center of attention. Yeah. It is to hold your attention and give it to me and me only. Mm. And that is one of the most powerful experiences is watching somebody who has that in them. And I mentioned you have that in you, Mm. like the short two minute clips (laughs) that you post on Instagram, like time stops around me. Nothing else is there except to watch you play your trumpet. You guys need to see this guy play trumpet. It is it's literally a mind altering you you just become enamored with the way that you play. Thank you. And um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was how do you handle that attention? How do you handle that emotion? How do you handle that responsibility of having somebody who, you know, I mean, at that point, you can become a cult leader. Mm. I mean, you can become somebody who says, look to me to yes, your answers. Yes, yes. Look to me to take your pain away. Look to me to hide your insecurities or to show your insecurities and show you it's okay to feel this way. How do you handle that responsibility? Mm. I wish there was a simpler answer to it because there are so many um, aspects to to recognizing this as a musician. Sometimes you do the things you do because you can't help it. You know, you come to realize that it's it's something you're you're gifted with, and it helps other people. And then when you see how it helps other people, you start to feel responsible for how how powerful it is. And I think that's been my story with the horn. You know like I love to play trumpet I love music but I never thought for a second how people feel when they hear my sound or what healing they're getting or what like what kind of energy transference is happening and learning to become more um, aware of how to yield this skill and this power has been a, a seriously maturing effect um I think that for the most part I've dealt with it in and in, in a way that is honorable. Um Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> But I've also learned from moments where, you know, I've been enamored by the praise or, you know, just how somebody is acknowledging, you know, what I've done for them. Oh that, yeah. That, you know, for makes sure. me feel like I don't really know. I'm getting him. I'm getting him. All right. All right. I'm getting him. I'm getting him. You know, he knows what I'm trying to get and, at. He knows. And, um, but that end is also a very, very important part of the, the performance act. You know, there are musicians who sometimes talk to their audience right before the show. And then after the show, they actually have the energy to receive praise and like say thank yous and, you know, look, the same people that were musing over a while we're playing and tell them, hey, you're very beautiful. And like, thanks for being in the space with me and, and acknowledging that. 
in a way that, you know, if every artist learned to see how Im impactful and important it is to, you know, have those conversations, they might see the importance or the impact that the music is having in, like, for the audience and for them. Um, but then it can also be a cap like can, it can also be an ego thing where now that's all that you are chasing and like the money is not enough you become like the hunger artist because like you know the songs and like all the solos you're playing it, however mm. like incredibly uh, formulated and, and mind-blowing they are you're not getting anything from it because your mind is somewhere else mm. and finding the balance between these two can be uh, challenging but recognize that all of that is good energy. Mm. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Do you notice a difference between the energy that you get from a female versus the energy that you get from a male versus the energy that you get from just somebody who's there casually listening? Uh, you know, like, for example, when I play, yeah. and I've always been taught this, mm -hmm. I've been taught this from all of my saxophone saxophone as teachers and going back to whatever one of the things that's always stuck to me is a teacher told me when you're playing a ballad mm -hmm. you want to play as though there's the most beautiful attractive woman in mm -hmm. my case someone whatever Channel. you're attracted Channel, to you know yeah. or just um, the divine feminine sure yes yeah. absolutely the divine feminine uh you want to play as though she's in the room next to you beautiful and you would never want to just abruptly start going you know ballistic you want that melody to really Wrap capture it and engage and and just you know give them that that energy that like you want to connect with them mm -hmm. and i mean I, I still use that to this day even with my <laughs> girlfriend i still i still try to i still try to soothe her along with these with these sax lines good um but even like with dudes um it's a bit different like yeah. with the energy that i want to give off to them yeah it's like you know i am top dog like when i'm playing <laughs> like i want them to know like what they're seeing is something different. Yeah. I mean, even if like I'm playing sports, you know, yeah. like my presence, I want it to be known. Like if I'm a goalkeeper, you're not scoring on me. Yeah, like, right. There's no way you're going to score on yeah, me. Yeah. I'm too good. Yeah. If I'm playing basketball, like there's no way that I'm not going to score on you or that I'm not going to lock you down. Like I'm just that good. And I mean, I'm a fat dude. Like I'm like 250. I'm 6'2". <laughs> you know what I mean? But I still have that in my mind. Like I yeah. still have that like that competitiveness, that competitive nature between me and someone else. Or another another guy, you know, I, it's different in those scenarios. Like I'm totally. trying to balance the both of them. Yeah. Um, ultimately, my thing mm -hmm. is that if there's a female in the crowd, she wins. Yeah. You right. know, I want that energy yeah. over the energy of some guy who's going to come up to me and say, hey, bro, I loved your tune. Like that doesn't mean anything to me, to be sure. quite honest. Like what I want is that connection with that woman. I want right. to make that connection to say that, you know what, like I just played something that's altered your opinion of me and what you think of me in that moment. Like, I want you to know that, like, I am this divine person. I am the person who's going to match your energy. I am that person who's going to appeal to the senses of what you're looking for in a horn player mm -hmm. and what you're looking for in potentially a in a in partner, a lover, to be yeah. honest. You know, like, mm -hmm. when women tell me, you know, they come up to me and they say, oh, my God, I love this sax. It's so sexy. It's like, well, what do you love about it? Like, I always ask, like, what do you love about it? And they yeah. just say, oh, the way that you talk to me, the way that it mm -hmm. speaks to me, it's mm -hmm. so amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, rarely do I ever hear that from, like, a guy. Right. A guy's just going to come and be like, yo, like, you remind me of this guy. You right. remind me of this. Yes. So, you know, like, I have very set goals in my mind when mm -hmm. I'm playing and when I'm approaching the energy that I want to give out on stage. Do you have that? Do you have that same kind of vibe? Or is your vibe more like, 
you know, I'm working on like my craft and I want to like present this craft in a certain way. To be honest, I just, I just want everybody engaged on me. So I work totally. on my craft in a way where I can get everybody engaged to me. Like, yeah. how do you approach like the work that you do? Like, what's your kind of like end goal? I think part of it is play and part of it is like mastery, like some sense of domination. Um, the trumpet itself is a very commanding instrument. You That's know? true. And so like the instrument almost invites me to find in myself that wielding power. And if I, if I rise to the challenge in a way like that, I can be happy with. And I, I express that and I share that. It's attractive. It's like it's, it's very evident. Like you know that yes, this is a struggle. This is a toil. And like you know, whoever is winning I is will overcome it. Yeah, I'm like this is a fucking yes, brawl. Yes, yes, sir. And those, there's there's something animalistic and and very sensual about that. I think that music in its in like music as it is is a very like feminine energy inducing mm-hmm. like act or action maybe more than you know like something that really um brings out the masculine in you mm-hmm. and and as i say that i think back to you know like every instrumentalist and how we like everyone's approach is very different um but there's there's that intention of partnership that is happening you're 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 playing your instrument because you love it you're doing what you're doing because you want to share some like way of communication that is sensual and attaching and women love that men love that too Mm -hmm. right and um you just want to play you just want to play yeah for sure. it's, it's good to see them like you know responding to that in a way that is pure and sometimes like uh when they can't help it mm-hmm. you know it's nice when you see that they are allowing their body to be moved by the music instead of like you trying uh uh-huh, booty bouncing to yeah, some tunes you know. especially to, <laughs> to your instrument you know what you, it's funny I man like people that you know like twerking can heal a man you it know? really <laughs> can it really can it re- there's nothing more satisfying <laughs> than somebody who just like at the beginning mm-hmm. of your set mm-hmm. you see them sitting mm-hmm. and at the end of your set they are up yes. they are up they and move. they're just there and they're just in that moment like carefree <laughs> they don't care who's around mm-hmm. as long as you just continue playing and it's like it's funny, like you, I, I just don't see that coming out of like piano players. Like, I mean, you know, you yeah, can yeah, kind of, different. you can kind of set the tone with the right. piano. You know, drums. You can obviously like get some people to free up on drums. Right. Let's yeah. let's not get that twisted. Shout out drummers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bass players. You know, they gotta hold that down. They gotta totally. hold that down. Guitar players. We, you know, we kind of mentioned yeah, that yeah. they're just like, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. And if but it, it's, like, if it's also my consider group. like the animal behavior, like the visual animal behavior you're seeing, right? Like. You know, uh, we haven't uh, descended from monkeys. Like some of our like sexual acts are like very phallic, very you know like rubbing. You know, you have drummers. The way they're playing mm. can can excite you physically, sex- sexually. The way a guitar player plays can excite you sexually. Obviously, no, but we hit different. Way, we hit different. The, the horn hits plays. different, man. Yeah, the horn like, hits different. You know, I mean, it's like, just what it is. Yes. 
and I think just over time, like I think it's it's part of like watching mm-hmm. somebody exert themselves to you. You totally. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I find that some of the guys who I play with, and I'm not trying to like knock any of them. Mm-hmm. But like they don't give the way a horn player can give. Mm. I mean, it's just different when you see a killing trumpet player or a killing even a flautist or or a clarinetist or yeah. just horn players like the way that they give. It's a different give than what you see from a rhythm section. Totally. And, you know, like when it's when it's just me and this person and like the eyes are locked on me mm-hmm. and it's not just like them looking at the overall band, but it's like me and you. I just think that it's like so intimate that like you can't help but just want to say like I made you do that like I did me me right here Joey Reeds I got your booty clapping I got those titties I got those juicy melons just waving in my face I got your lips just like attached to me I got you sweating I got you worked up I did that yep. you know what I mean like yeah. I just I love that. I love the allure of that. I love the attention of that. Yeah. Even with dudes, when a dude's looking at me and he has no reaction, I love that. His <laughs> eyes are on me. Yes. And right. he's just like I, I can't fully help attentive. but look away. Like I wanna see what you're gonna do next. I wanna see how you manage to get all these people looking at you mm-hmm. and just eyes fixed on you. And then of course like that comes after the gig when they come up to you and they say, Oh my god. That like it is it, it feels sexual mm-hmm. in a way it really does yeah. when they say like oh my god like I'm I'm so satisfied like I'm so stimulated mm-hmm. it is just mm. mm-hmm. oh my mm-hmm. goodness mm-hmm. I can I can make an ode to that <laughs> for hours just talking about it what are some memorable gigs that you've played what are your most memorable gigs that come to mind man that's that's a tough one I think most of my memorable gigs aren't actually like live music moments they are in studio sessions mm. working for a certain artist or knowing that i'm going to write a, a demo for an artist and not knowing whether the artist is going to like it yet but just hoping that he vets it in a way that you know works out in my favor um this year i worked with a nigerian artist named Depot, mm. and he's just a, he has a golden voice a soul man he speaks about like romance and love and all his music and just getting to work with him was it's really exciting being in studio with him. I've done hip hop um, music for some really great artists. And I think going back to being in session with someone like Kendrick Lamar in New York was uh, eye opening for me because, you know, being in a room with people that I, I grew up listening to and just being a, an honest fan of. Um, in my childhood, I was lucky to grew up knowing Hugh Masakela as a personal family friend, wow. which I didn't recognize how it was going to really affect or impact the way I see myself growing up. And I think his passing and my love for the trumpet has given me this sense of responsibility for African jazz and all of these things, which I, you know, I, I don't need to champion, but I, I love to exemplify. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's brought a lot of just passion and purpose to my life. Um, I can go on and on, you know, you know oh my credentials. Man. Like <laughs> you know, I just glued over here, here <laughs> but I'm glued over here. I'm just watching <laughs> you. I'm like, yes, yes. You know, but, but I, I live for those moments, and I also love the like love the crowd response when um, music that we've been listening to in in studio or in session with just four or five people and bumping that when you see 
two, three thousand people in an audience all responding and like, you know, sharing that joy. It's it's an overwhelming feeling. And when people meet me later and you're like, pa 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 no fucking way, I didn't know you played that. Things like that <laughs> also, you know, remind me that it's not all for nothing. It's mm-hmm. it's it's good to just share. Um a friend of mine reminded me the other day that we often forget how quickly uh, we can be lonely or how li- how quickly we forget the feeling on, of loneliness or how we we don't consider that it's easy to get lonely. And music has a way of making you feel like you're part of everything, you're part of everyone, and like you're not alone in such a simple and instant way and um it's been a a guiding principle in in my life yeah that's very true Mm -hmm. it's funny like whenever i think about like my most memorable moments like on a stage i think the first memorable moment that i had uh was at humber Mm -hmm. uh i was playing with luis ochoa wow uh, with that with that big band yeah and it was just like that's where i learned how to read music Okay. Like I had to, this guy's Tight. horn lines were just like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just a massive thing to undertake. And like, I yeah, Latin, used to spend Latin horns, man, fire, bro. I spent like countless hours inside of, uh, those practice mods, mm-hmm. just like getting these horn lines down and like trying to memorize them, like look off the charts. So like, you know, you can look like you had that control, that mastery of your instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, that was intense. So, like, I always go back to that because after that, I was kind of, like, known as, like, the guy who, like, sight reads really well. You can put something Same. in my face and I'll read it down and I can do it pretty quickly. Wow. Um, so I always, like, think about, like, those times that got me to, like, that label as, like, the sight reading guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about playing with, like, Luis Dennis. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Luis Dennis. Just incredible alto player. Uh, we used to play these weekends at La Creole and then I had like private lessons with him. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I had so many questions for him. I was just like, oh, like, how can I hear better? How can I mm-hmm. understand theory better? Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that he'd give me like a key, like a magic key that'll just like unlock everything for me. Yes. And one day, like he just like looked at me. He's just like, man, like you, you have to do it. Like I, I can't <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you. Like you have to like sit down at a piano or you have to like sit down with your horn and like work through stuff all the time till you get to the point where like you just recognize it um so that was also like a big thing for me like hearing stuff understanding Mm -hmm. like he gave me that like that mental thing of just like there's no there's no shortcut and it's all up to you it's Mm -hmm. up to you to like go as deep as you can go Mm -hmm. or as go as far as you can go Mm -hmm. with what you want to hear like Mm -hmm. if you want to hear complex stuff Mm -hmm. sit down and you have to listen to complex stuff like it's not just like a theoretical thing where like your brain's just going to pick up on, like, guesswork. <laughs> um, so that was intense. And even right. um, the stuff with you, like, the first time I met you, we were playing with Bangers Brass. Uh, mm-hmm. We were playing with that other guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was, like, <laughs> unreal. I thought I would never find somebody who I could vibe with because oh, everybody, fine. like, within the city, they kind of have, like, a very prim, proper can't really talk about things too much i can't really express who i was because they were also they just wouldn't understand you know when i right. told somebody like the guy who i look up to the most is malcolm x they'd all be like oh yeah i like that guy yeah, isn't he the guy course. who was like all about like black power oh, i was God. like oh, kind yeah. of like but you yeah, know he it's... he went beyond that like it was much more than that like you know and then i remember when i met you and we vibed on like so many things yeah. i heard you play and i saw you move i was like man 
this guy is so much more than a musician. He goes way beyond that. Like he's a homeboy. Like he understands everything that I talk about on a level, mm. not just like, I, like I understand what you like. So therefore like, I'm just going to like acknowledge it. Yeah. But like, no, no, no. Like I ride with this stuff yeah, too. Like yeah. I am about this right, stuff. Right, right. That was like a big moment for me. That's why I'm so glad to have you on. Um, the next thing that I wanted to ask you about was, you, you know, you know, this question was going to come up. You know, uh-huh. it was going to come up. I can <laughs> see you smiling wide. <laughs> All right. So now how does your role in relationships play with music? How do they intertwine? How do you balance them? Mm. How do you find your happiness mm-hmm. within the context of having a relationship, relationships and keeping that separate or intertwined with music? Mm. You know, you, c- you can't help but have your music affected by the relationships you have in your life and um for better or worse they have colored my approach at every turn um some have come because i wanted it and have worked out in a way that i'm I'm proud of and some have come as lessons that i thought i wanted but ended up being you know a moment that i was just going to learn from (laughs) yeah 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 you know and um an old music teacher told me that if you have a good day write a song about it but if you have a bad day write a song about it Mm. and something about the summary of coming back to the page to um use what has happened to you to express your music has been a guiding principle in how I've integrated both things. Maybe like Miles or Picasso, I've used or taken the love and the passion that I get from the women in my intimate relationships to fuel um, my compositions or my solos or how I think through songs or what songs I choose or how I express all of that. And so the women in my life have really, really, really played a big role in my sound or how I, how I share my music. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I play for the women in my life and the men too, but you know, let's be real. 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 But I've been, I've been lucky to have, some very very beautiful women care about me in ways that I didn't think I was I was worthy in sometimes um you're more than worthy yes <laughs> you're more than worthy let me tell you that much it's funny um so I have this philosophy mm-hmm. and uh I want I want you to to touch upon it with me tell me what you think mm-hmm. so one of the things that I always think of and I spoke about this in a previous podcast but I firmly believe yes. that women want your time, our time, mm-hmm. male time, men time. And I'm talking about cisgendered females. I'm not talking about like, you know, I can't speak about gay relationships of or course. lesbian relationships or transgender relationships. I'm s- talking strictly about a relationship between a cisgendered male and a cisgendered female. Mm-hmm. I believe that men just want the one thing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We are sexually attracted to women. Mm -hmm. We want that sweet nectar. We want the honey. We want the cookie crumble. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. And women really just want to make sure that 
whoever's getting a piece of that humble sweet pie is going to be the person that they can spend time with. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the person that they see as a partner. It's going to be somebody that they see long term. Women look long term. Mm. And I believe that men, you know, look short term until you show us otherwise that you can be somebody that we can be with long term. Mm. Now, as musicians, uh, specifically as horn players, mm. as you know, I've spoken about our uncanny ability to hold the stage, to be that center of attention. I think there's always a struggle mm. with how we balance the expectation from what we want mm -hmm. and from what women want. Mm. And I've been in countless relationships where issues have come up where it's like, okay, well, you're spending all this time playing music. What about me? Mm. Where do I fit in with this? Where do I come into this? Mm. How do I fit? Mm. And I always say, well, to be quite honest, you're leavable. <laughs> I'm the lovable one. You're the leavable one because men are really lottery tickets. Mm. And I'm not out mm. here saying that men are some superior beings mm. that, you know, what I'm saying is that for a woman to find mm -hmm. the man that they want to spend the ultimate amount of time with, to give them, to take that amount of time from them, it really is a lottery ticket. It's, it's really hard to find that for a woman. Mm. For men, it's e way easier mm. for us to just find multiple women and find our happiness there mm -hmm. and just be in that space. It's not until we say, okay, the things that make us happy are, is what's going to ultimately end up with you getting that time mm. and then us forming that relationship there. How much of that do you think is true of what I'm saying? I agree with, with how, how, like, how you see that. Uh, because I think in my own life, that's been, um, that's been my experience with cis women. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of the song or like the phrase tender sender mm. you know like you know being tender or you know being the person that has to be tender in a situation and maybe we are living in a time you know where i could chalk it up to the me too movement and cancel culture and you know the rise of the feminist movement in how women are feeling um, more confident in asking for what they want. And we, as men, are in a, in a precarious position, the two of us here, for example, because we are also musicians. And in our expression of our art and using our, like, our horns, we can be effeminate in the way we express what we love about ourselves which women find, uh, like, I believe women find very, very attractive. Um, but how we come to do this and how, how often we do this is not always um, recognizable to the woman, you know. A woman would want your time in, in all of it because they want to be able to say that like you know you're playing trumpet for me and I'm taking care of you and all of these things but mm. might not recognize that sometimes you need to be completely alone in yourself to find what you love about the music to express and be what they ultimately love again ooh that right. leads me 
to another point that I always bring up. I am like super passionate about this. I get into wars with my girlfriend about this. I get into wars with everybody about this. The solitude? The solitude. So my thing is that like I want to be alone, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to be alone. Of course. Meaning when I'm in my space, I can spend 23 hours with my hands just in my pockets probably touching my balls but i'll just say in my pockets my hands in my pockets and my thoughts are just fleeting just Mm. floating in the clouds Mm. and i am completely happy what i want i don't and you know what i you know no no no, you know fuck this i think what men want is a woman who understands what it means to give your partner your man to give him the space the time Mm -hmm. and that energy that alone energy to say i'm with you but i'm not with you Mm -hmm. you know when when i want that time when i'm ready to give you that time my time will be focused on you however there's not every fleeting moment when we're in the same space together Mm -hmm. that i want to be linked together with you Mm -hmm. and that is something that i think that's not or it's overlooked within the boundaries of relationships especially Mm -hmm. with musicians because Mm -hmm. sometimes I don't know if you get this, but you ever just find yourself sitting somewhere and you're just singing a melody mm-hmm. in your head mm-hmm. and you're passionate about that melody mm-hmm. and like you're swinging it and it yeah. just sounds good. Yeah. And then, you know, your your partner comes along and just starts nagging you. Yeah. Just starts, Snaps you just out starts of, out fucking of bothering you. And you're just like, why? Why <laughs> did you have to do that in that moment? What is your bullshit, horseshit time need that couldn't just leave me alone for, for that little moment. bit? Yeah. You know, when I'm ready, I will mm-hmm. have you in that time. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of people hear this and they think that I'm joking. They think that I'm laughing. They think <laughs> that I'm, especially women, they will say, you know, well, that's <laughs> fucked up. Like, why, why can't you give me, aren't, aren't I worth it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're worth it, but you're worth it in that time that's relative to me. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I'm giving you the ultimate amount of time. Right. I'm ultimately, that I am, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm ultimately going to give you your time that you want from me but i still need i need me i need me so here's a question Mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. how much of a percentage in terms of energy Mm -hmm. do you give your partners partner even like even friends Mm -hmm. how much energy do you give Mm. i have been struggling with the balance myself frankly i think that i've had better years i've had better months and seasonally things have kind of changed um before i i answer that question fully i wanted to drop this this quote hold on hold on wait i gotta i gotta get the i gotta get the woman ready for this because rudy's got sexy quotes remember i said that in the beginning get ready get ready if you got a drink right now i, I recommend you take a sip Cheers. put your drink down because it's gonna be on all right hold on wait wait let me let me take a sip of this because rudy's got that he's got that on lock All right, hit All me right. with it. Hit me with it. Solitude is good. I like solitude that Solitude is good. I like that. But you need somebody to tell you that solitude is good. <laughs> see what I'm saying? <laughs> see what I'm saying? You see what I mean? <laughs> he drops these gems, and then he's got this <laughs> smile that just lights up. It's like, it's all right, people, it's maybe 30 degrees out in Toronto. It's a sunny <laughs> Sunday afternoon, and Rudy's smile, day. along with these sexy quotes, the sun is just bright in my eyes right now. It's just, I just see everything different. Hit me. Th- oh, my God, yeah. Rudy. Now, just, just, just dig into that. Dig into yeah. that. Solitude. Solitude is good. It's important to, to find time for yourself and imp- like cut out time that is not for anybody else not for doing any other utility thing 
but just for yourself. Just time to be with your own thoughts. Sometimes you can have a page in front of you, just time to spend on the page and just speak to yourself. But you need to surround yourself with a support system that can acknowledge how important it is for you to be alone. And when you have that support system or when you can trust anybody around you with that type of like, okay, I'm doing my thing now and I know that you're there. It's unbeatable. Like there is so much strength in that as opposed to when you can trust that, you know, this person, you know, that you're having around you, you know, isn't respectful of your solitude. Your solitude is like your liminal creative time. While I'm talking about solitude, I also want to make you consider this idea that libido is not just sexual energy. Libido is also creative energy. If you can respect your sexual and sensual libido as something that is important to your music as much as it is to your dick and your pussy, you might have a reframing that makes you love and pour yourself out more fully or wholly. Makes you pour out that nut a lot more fully and wholly, doesn't it? Doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I dig that. I'm into that. And honestly, like, that's something that I struggled with with a long, long time Mm. was understanding how much energy, how much time, Mm. how much how much passion Mm. do I put into other people outside of myself? Because it's funny, you know, like you become an extension of like the things that you do. Yes. And then the things that you do can either turn it. It can turn into negative energy, positive Mm -hmm. energy, Mm -hmm. neutral energy. Mm -hmm. But something as, you know, loving and as amazing as playing your instrument can turn into negative energy. If that energy, if you're giving that energy away frivolously. Yes. So what I mean by that is that, you know, if that partner that you have starts to say, you know, instead of you playing, you know, we should do this more. You know, why you you practice so much. Mm -hmm. I made dinner for us. You know, you you did this so much. I I decided to get us a trip to go somewhere where Mm -hmm. you, you take time away from that horn. Now, when you come back to your horn and you go to a gig and you sound like shit, you sound like like dog shit. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's happened to me. It's happened to me where I just it's sound so like shit bro. and I bombed on stage uh-huh. and I have to live with it and I have mm-hmm. to get over it. That yes. takes a long time, especially of 100 percent, especially yeah. for the amount of time that we put into it in the past where you don't put into it now. Yeah. Because it's so easy for someone else to take that energy from you. Mm-hmm. You become, like me, for instance, I become a time hoe. Mm-hmm. I become mm-hmm. somebody who just lends my time frivolously. Okay. And that affects my weight. Mm-hmm. It affects my playing. It affects my mental state. Yes, exactly. And you know what? At the end of the day, my happiness yes. is 110% paramount in order for me to make my partner happy yes i always say a happy man is a happy relationship yes and women i know you guys are up in arms yeah, right now like that's why i got rudy wife, out happy here life is uh, yeah. <laughs> i don't buy that one bit i think that if if men were to reframe and see that yes if if i can consider my own happiness and and be truthfully happy like not not egotistically driven you know not not like you know and Happy is not the same as success in this way, you Mm. know, like 
you want to understand that like happy you, you're really talking about your heart state here you know success you can achieve with everyone around you happiness or like the determination to be happy has to come from inside the drive for success you can carry you know with number like you know with a number of people but the drive for happiness it's got to come from inside and if you can really separate these two things and and like express it to the people you love for them to see it that way it can really really help another one is is friendship seneca is a is a very very uh old stoic philosopher that um i think a lot of people confuse seneca has this story about you know by all means commit like when you decide to commit to somebody into your friendship is the all is the most ultimate type of relationship Mm. Seneca considers being a friend to somebody higher than anything else. Meanwhile, we grew up in a society where we think that when you say this person is my friend, it's like, oh, he's my classmate. It's just, you know, like it's my equal. When you decide that somebody is your friend, it beats them being your lover. It beats mm. them being your business partner. It beats them being like, it's, it's as close to family. Like it's practically like family. And when, when you really think about and, and even more than that, I, I, like according to my father's philosophy, when he turned 70 years old, he had this book written and uh, he, tamed, he termed it with friends as family, almost to, as, a, as a jab to the family to say like, you know, yeah, like you can be blood related, but if you're treating me this way and like clearly it's, you know, my friends find me more dignified than you, my family, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to spend my whole life waiting for you guys to take care of me on my dying bed. I'm going to see my friends as my family and understand that, you know, this connection is valued more than blood. And when you reframe your understanding of who you commit to as your friend versus uh, when you when you when you start to redescribe, you know, how what is a lover to you? What is a partner to you? What what colleagues are to you, and like what acquaintances are you t- are to you? You might find that it's it's so important to know who you surround yourself with. I like when you started with that quote on who you surround with. Jim Jim Rohn has a quote about how you become the five people you surround yourself with. You spend your most time with. You can find a way to reframe this model to meet all the things that you need in your life, Mm. just like your palm is, and find a way to use and be versatile with that, and it will serve you for the rest of your life. Sexy quote. But it's funny um, because, you know, I always say that it's better to have a... And this is is specifically guided towards women. Mm. I think it's better to have your partner, your man, mm-hmm. who looks at you as a friend, a homegirl, yeah. than to have him love you. Mm. Because the word love mm. is such a toxic, yeah. derivative, annoying, mm. very monogamistic, mm-hmm. even if that's a word, monogamistic. Monogamous. <laughs> I, monogamous, monogamistic. It's a, it's a very jealousy-filled thing. Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. When you when it when a guy loves his homie, when a guy has love for his homie, he never wants to see his homie down. Yeah. He never, you know, like 
I don't care what you're going through. Yeah. I will tight, be there tight, for tight, my homeboy. Yeah. I will be there to, you know, support you, to walk yeah. you through whatever is going, whatever is yeah. happening with you. Yeah. When a guy loves a woman, yeah. that means that he, you're just there. You're a, you're something that that he's just going to basically have in his life and he knows mm. that you're there and he's going to abuse what you mm. really want that's mm. when a guy can become abusive yes you know because he's not seeing you as a human anymore he's seeing you as property exactly yeah when a guy looks at you like a friend and i'm talking about friend in the truest sense of the word where mm. you know what i will do this for you because i value what because you you're my bring. friend yeah. exactly it is a way more passionate filled relationship mm -hmm. when people love each other when i look at people who say you know who've been married for years upon years upon years upon years upon decades <laughs> and they said and i do you love your partner yeah i love my partner okay what do you guys do you know what's what's your passion thing what's what's your thing that that keeps you loving that person what keeps you wanting that person ah uh, we've been together for so long and he knows me and i know him yuck like <laughs> why would you want that kind of love? Why don't mm. you want that that chasing, that passion, mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you know, when early on with any kind of relationship, when there's that much passion, mm -hmm. it's basically because you don't have the chance to see yes. the other person, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're thinking about them. You're on their mind. You're you're just wanting your your imagination is going wild with possibilities, with endless just think thoughts that you play out in your mind. You want to keep that going when you mm -hmm. have when you love something. Anytime you love something, it means that you become complacent mm -hmm. when you love when people say I love music. Yeah. What do you love about music? You just love that it's there. You love the option that is, it's never going to leave you. Yeah. It's never it's like a dog. Yeah. You know, dog. I love my dog. Dogs yeah. don't leave. You can you can kick a dog out. It's going to stay yeah. by the door and it's yeah. going to wait for you to come pick it up. Yeah. You know, any. But what do you, what happens when you think music is your friend? exactly when you think music isn't here for a long time yeah. when you know when you think music yeah like when music is your friend you cherish yeah. it like you really do like I, you know like it's it's crazy like the way that i love music yeah is different from the way that i have an association with somebody who i think is my homeboy like mm. john coltrane yeah i see is my homeboy so i think that i'm closest to coltrane i think that i'm closest to his sound i think that i'm closest to his style of playing yeah i think like when people say, you know, like, oh, I love Coltrane, and you can kind of tell that they don't, it's like, you don't love it. You're, you're no. not down yeah. with Coltrane. Yes, I'm Coltrane's homeboy. Because I, then you start to think about, like, why Coltrane loves what Coltrane loves. Mm. You, know, you know, you think about why, why, like, such a long version of my favorite things exists. Mm -hmm. Why, like, you know, why his concepts on love and love supreme, like, relate to you. You know, it could be anybody else, but, you know, how come his mastery is something that resonates, resonates mm -hmm. with you? And then when you find that counterpoint within yourself, that makes you, you know, follow that drive. Nobody can tell you differently. A hundred percent. You know, I mean, it's funny, like a tragic story of love or look at, look at religion. Look mm -hmm. at what, look at what, you know, all of our religious people that we look at had to do because they loved us. Right. I mean, Jesus Christ loved everybody. He had right. to pay the ultimate yeah. price with his life. Yeah. Because he loved people so much, yeah. you know, Shivji. You find something and you, you let it kill you. <laughs> you know, Shivji loved people so much. He gave people a chance. Wow. It's very interesting wow. with Shivji. Yes. He never wanted to be a part of like the human world. He's the wow. only God that is basically married to a, uh, to a human, mm -hmm. to, to Sati and, and Parvati and the incarnations of... Uh, He's married of, to Sati too? I thought, uh, I thought it was just uh, um, my homeboy... Vishnu, Krishna, Krishna, yeah. Uh, no, uh, no, no, not Krishna. Um, no, Krishna is um, 
Oh, man. This is my, you... this my, this my, my, my chillum smoking. Uh, Kali? Kali, but like Kali. So there's forms. Sati uh, of, uh, or wives of another. No, no, no. Those are, those are Shivji's partners. Shivji's partners. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. Okay. So. Um, oh, so is Sh- Shivji is also Shiva. Yes, yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Thank yes. you. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's interesting. So basically, like Vishnu's got Lakshmi, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. they're not they're not of this they're not of this world. They're okay. they're in another dimension. Blah blah blah. Krishna. Oh man, I'm gonna get killed by my parents for this. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> uh, this is it. Oh, man. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> uh, uh, Radha. Krishna's got Radha. There okay. we go. They're the ultimate lovers. But that's okay, also Radha. an incarnation of Vishnu. Okay. Um. So Shivji is the only Shiva is the only one who never had a partner. He didn't have like an ethereal out there partner. Mm. He is married to earth. He's married to Parvati, Mother Earth. He's, you know, he comes back and marries Sati in another in another uh, form. Comes back and marries Kaliman, another form. Mm-hmm. He's the only god who had to make a connection between us and this other dimension. The realm, yeah. But, okay. you know, the love that he, he soon had for us, the mm-hmm. love that he started to acquire for humans, it mm-hmm. turned on him. His uh, Sati's Sati had to literally emulate herself. She she lit herself on fire because of the treatment of of Shiva, and Shiva's like, "Holy shit! I gave you humans all of me. I gave like I started dancing with you guys. I started to like become one with you guys. You guys you guys treated me like shit because of the love that you guys wanted me to have for you. Yeah. So he said, "Forget that. I'm 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 devoid of that. That's mm. why whenever you see Shiva." He's always got like the half eyes. People think, oh, it's because like, you know, he, he's smoking all day. He does smoke quite a bit and yeah. he drinks and yeah. he hangs out with all these ghastly people. Yeah. But uh, the main thing is that that shows his disconnect. He's trying to disconnect from us. He's trying to say like, your problems are not problems. Yeah. But because you guys keep on asking me to be a part of this universe. This I, <laughs> these motherfuckers just won't let me be. So now he has to, he takes this, so funny. he takes, he takes on like the form of, of the snake. He takes on like, like snakes are like very, you know, intimidating to humans. Yeah. He takes that on, you know, the whole idea like of death. He lives in the graveyard. The whole idea of like water of poison that'll kill you if you drink the wrong poison. He drinks that. He keeps it in his throat. All of these things that he does on the count of love basically just for us to turn around and slap him in the face so it's like when you love something it means that you can take it for granted that's my perception of the word love i'd rather have friendship than love women i am not trying to ruffle your feathers i'm not trying to sound misogynistic i'm just giving you it is what it is Mm -hmm. this is the medicine this is what's in shiva's throat right now this is the medicine that i want you women to turn it into nectar (laughs) exactly thank you this is the transformation you know what i mean that's like anything that you ever love will end up betraying you and Mm. whatever ends up betraying you will hurt you way more Mm. than somebody who you can rely on for like the, the rest of your life in that context of what a friendship should really mean. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, you also have to look at yourself and ask yourself, what is a friendship? Hmm. What, wh- how does this friendship look? How, how is it going to reciprocate? Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have that, then, you know, what's the point of even trying to fester a love relationship? Totally. If you can't even call this person your friend, yeah. you really want to skip the friend level hmm. and go to, to, to being lovers and being in love with each other. And when I mean friendship, don't get it twisted, ladies. You have to give up cookies. 
<laughs> like I like this. This isn't this isn't yeah. no green light for you. This isn't a red light for you guys to say no, no, no. I'm not gonna give cookie and and, and just be friends. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah, I'm talking about FWB. Yeah. You have to be the friends with benefits yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's how you keep us engaged. That's yeah. how you keep us attracted. That's mm. how you keep us yearning and wanting you and mm. and, and wanting mm. the possibilities of what that can bring along. Mm. So I mean, no, there are many women that find like. It off-putting um, if if you are going to converse with them and have sex beyond the table, just because you know, I guess sex has been a conversation that has been left for like the bedroom for so long, and so and like we all know I'm a bedroom bully. The <laughs> <laughs> that part in shout out Shaba, <laughs> <laughs> and so like. Um, it's become a quite a radical act for even women to come out and say, mm. Hey, I want, you know, I want to sleep with you or Hey, you know, after this date, I, you know, I'm not trying to just kiss you on the forehead and go, go to, you know, like I, I want something more. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see that because, um, obviously consent is everything. And if we don't learn to speak up on the things that we want, um, we have this neurotic problem of too many things suppressed that cause us to act or feel in other ways that have us not confronting the shadows of um, the repression that comes with sec- like, you know, the sexual repression, you know, angers or, you know, sadness or depression sometimes. And in, in some cases, some people like don't care to confront the shadows of, their urges or desires so long that, you know, it becomes a problem on how to just love themselves, let alone love others. Damn. Damn. We've been kicking it for about an hour now. No so way. Ladies, I know you <laughs> want to hear more. You're kidding when I you know said this was going to be. <laughs> I know you want to hear more, ladies. And well. I know there's a lot of you who are opinionated. Don't worry, I will get you on the rump shot we'll to we'll defend. But I'm letting you know right now that with Rudy's smile, with the way that Rudy plays the trumpet, he will disarm you. He will definitely get to the root of everything. Wap, 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 But we ha- I have a segment on the rum shop, and I want to know, Rudy, mm-hmm. if I put you in charge, first of all, what's going to be your drink special for the rum shop? Man, you hit me with this JD. I'm feeling like this JD and Coke might be. I know I'm keeping that's it the way simple. It is, eh? You know, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'll start there. <laughs> All right, there we go. So that's the drink special for the for the evening. Um, and now, yes, three songs that you're gonna put in the rum shop jukebox. Mm. Wine slow, Egyptian. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> How to do them like that? Jeez. All right, we got that. That's track number one. Um. Kendrick Lamar's Love. Ooh, I don't know why, okay. but that song has been like it's, it's been ringing with me in some weird way. Mm. Um, and anything by my homie D'Angelo. Anything, just anything. You know. Ooh, all sometimes right, I, I like just that. I just be feeling like I'm you know feel like <laughs> making love sometimes. You know hey, what I mean? <laughs> hey. Okay, ladies or, or, and gentlemen. Or as Nas will say, how does it feel? <laughs> <laughs> 
man, this this time flew by. Yeah. I love the afternoon that we spent together. We crushed cigars. We yeah. crushed some drinks. We had some good eats. All the, notes. Some, all the all notes. All the notes. All the notes. All the spice blend. We hit all we, the we notes. Hit, we hit all those chromatic notes. <laughs> this has been truly an amazing podcast session. Thank you. Um, will you come back on? Absolutely. Absolutely. We got to do this seasonally, if hey. not more, you know, regularly. So thank you very much. I dig that. We're signing off. Everybody, peace and love. Be good to each other.